I'm sure you have all heard of the term doormat. This is someone who allows and permits others to treat them badly, to walk all over them. This person does not stand up for themselves and just goes along with the choices and abuses of people around them. The doormat is actually a person who has double standards, a person who is dishonest. So you can have an opinion, but I can't. Others can have preferences and wants, but mine are obsolete. I need to watch my tone of voice, but others can yell and shriek. The person who is being the doormat, and maybe that's you, is perpetuating a lie. The lie that someone needs to be the martyr in order for there to be order. Someone needs to take the blame. Somebody needs to take the fall. Somebody needs to take the higher road in order for everyone to get along. That is a lie. The truth is, if there is going to be an environment of mutual trust and respect, then every individual needs to be honest. Every individual needs to show up responsible and humble. Nobody is shouldering the blame. No one is shouldering the abuse or covering from someone else dropping empathy, compassion, and awareness. When the doormat finally stands up and begins taking responsibility and begins expecting others to also take responsibility, it may look like all of a sudden there is dust and dirt and a huge mess being made all over the floor. But the truth is that dust and dirt and mess has always been there. You, the doormat, were you, you were covering it up. The doormat is the ultimate controller. The doormat keeps everyone else's selfishness a secret. And that's why people like using a doormat. That's like why people like using you because you are so willing to hide their distortions. Hello everyone, I am your host, Ruby Frankie. Welcome to another episode of the Connections Podcast, where we help you create joy in your life and relationships. Start your training today at connectionsclassroom.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Connections Coaching, or join our private Facebook group, Moms of Truth with Jody and Ruby. Is it possible for women today to be confident without being cocky? Is it possible for a woman to be bold without being brazen? And is it possible for a woman to be self-assured and decisive without being demanding and demeaning? Yes, it is time for women to stand in truth. And what does that look like? How does a woman stand in truth without being obnoxious, without being uh, controlling? I know that a lot of women, specifically women who are older than 50, are struggling with knowing how do I stand for truth because they, they, they're used to being mousy, they're used to being timid and bashful, and controlling. So this mom writes in, this woman writes in, and she's talking about being a pushover and a doormat, and she's asking for help. She says, hi ladies, I have read some posts in this group with much interest. My question is about being a pushover compared to standing up for yourself. This is something that I have found 
hard for a long time. I usually put other people's needs and wants before my own and bottle up how I really feel. So so let me stop right there. She is hiding her dishonesty behind, well, I'm putting someone else's needs first and I'm uh, meeting someone else's needs. And that is justification for her to be dishonest, to lie about how she really feels. She says, it results in me being very unhappy deep down. Yes, yes, I would. I will validate that. Any time that you're being dishonest around your emotions or around your feelings, you are dropping responsibility. You are you are removing yourself from being accountable for the reality, and you are going to feel that dissonance. She says. I think this goes against the principle of honesty. Yes, very good. Yet I thought it was humble, which is something I truly strive to be. So this woman says, I want to be humble. I want to honor my honesty. Yet how can I be humble and then stand up for myself? She doesn't see how the two go together. She goes on. Throughout my upbringing, my grandparents were vocal about girls being submissive and complained that many were too loud. So, like I said, this is this is a, a distortion that has hit the older generation. Um, you younger twenty and thirty year old girls, you're not hearing this. Well, for the most part, you're not hearing. You need to be submissive. You need to be quiet. You need to only speak when spoken to. Let the men take care of things. Um, that is a, that is a distortion that has swung from denigrating all the way over to now we've got adulating women who say that taking their clothes off and showing skin is liberating. So, I mean, we've just swung from one extreme to the other. So what I want to talk about is staying centered. How do you be a woman in truth where you are full of a sense of self and yet you're not... um, being submissive in a distorted sort of way. So just real quick, submissive in truth, you can be submissive in truth. And you, in order to do that, you have to be really clear on authority. So, um, a child, a five-year-old child is submissive to his parents. Why? Because the parents have authority over the child. And so, um, that would be done in truth uh, with a five-year-old saying, you know, mom, uh, I, I will be open. I will be willing to hear you. Um, you asked me to put my clothes in the hamper. And so I'm going to submit to you asking me to put my clothes in the hamper and I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it happily. That would be submissiveness in truth. And there's a lot of other examples, but I won't, I won't distract down that path. Let's go back here to the question. Um, so her grandparents taught that girls can be too loud if they're not um, submissive. I always respected my grandparents' values, and to this day, I hold guilt when I try to be assertive. Oh, that's sad. Now that I have a daughter of my own, and I want to become the best possible example for her, how do you have confidence to speak up for yourself but remain humble? Okay. So that's an excellent, excellent question. When you are submissive in distortion, 
you're, you're actually being controlling. It's just, it's this feigned humility is, is what your grandparents were inviting you into. It's this feigned, um, I'm going to just let the other do what they want. Now, I don't know how old you were when your grandparents were teaching you this. Were you the five-year-old girl? And, and they were the, the grandparents and they were asking you to do something and to be submissive. Maybe, maybe. Um, were you 30 years old and your grandparents were still telling you you need to be submissive and quiet? So take into account how old you were and what the circumstances were and the motive of your grandparents. Um, and you don't give those details. So I'm not sure for sure if your grandparents were in distortion or not. I do know that the overarching societal uh, distortion was to suppress women. A lot of it was. And so that's what I would I would consider when you're going back in your memory of how you learned this. So the truth is when you are being a pushover, that's actually a victim word because no one has the ability to push you over. If, if they were literally physically taking their hands and pushing you over, well, that's where you need to remove yourself from that person and call the police. If that's literally what's going on. Emotionally, spiritually, nobody has the ability to push you over. Only you give permission for other people to push you over. So it's a place of victim. And it's called humility, but that's not the truth. That's not humble. Anytime you let someone come in and push you over, anytime you allow someone to come in and um, do what they want with you, you are engaging, you are participating in your own victimization. And so you're controlling. There's this codependency going on. Now, why do we do that? Why would anybody allow another person to come in and push them over? Well, sometimes we get what we want when we do that. You have to consider that you are controlling an outcome. I'll give you an example of this. So anytime I really want an outcome and then I am not honest and I know that my dishonesty is going to get me what I want, that is me controlling. It's not me being humble. <clears throat> so I had family pictures done the other day and I wanted, hear what I want, I wanted all of my children to show up happy, smiling, in a good mood, and um, willing to stand wherever I asked them to stand. I wanted, I wanted a lack of contention and I wanted them to just listen to me and so when one of my children picked up the family dog and said can we bring the dog can we bring the dog to the family pictures I didn't want the dog in the family pictures I wouldn't have minded him in one or two um, but these pictures I had a certain reason for these pictures and a certain motive and I did not want to bring the animals with us and because I wanted to control because I was afraid if I didn't agree with my children then they would be grumpy they wouldn't smile for the pictures they wouldn't do as I asked them to they would be mopey I went into fear 
around how my children would show up. So what did I do? I wasn't humble. I was prideful. And I did not um, show up in an honest way. I said, yeah, sure, you bring the dog. But I was lying. I didn't want the dog in the pictures. Do you like what you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss a show by subscribing to our podcast now. Or go to connectionsclassroom.com and click Transform with Jody. If I had been honest, that could have been done in humility. And then when my children showed up, whining, crying, grumpy, um, holding, holding their smiles hostage if they didn't get what they want, now I'm revealing their lack of humility. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to control the evening, so I went ahead and, uh, you know, it, 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 in distortion, I would say I was a pushover, but that's not the truth. The truth is I chose to be dishonest because I wanted something. I have seen this play out in other scenarios where I have watched a mother-in-law go at it with a daughter-in-law, uh, so, so a, a mother and a daughter-in-law, and because the dates of a Christmas party weren't what either of them wanted. And I watched one of them become a pushover because they did not want the conflict. And now that's not humility. That is dishonesty. And and why the pushover? Because they wanted a certain outcome, which was everybody needs to show up to the Christmas party. Otherwise, it's not a Christmas party. Well, there's no truth in that. That is just a cultural expectation. Anytime you try to force a cultural expectation by denying reality to make it happen, you are controlling. You're not living in truth. You're you're not being bold. You're controlling. Or maybe you go into the other side and you become aggressive and you threaten. Well, if you don't show up to the Christmas party on this day, then fill in the blank. I'm not going to be nice to you. I'm I'm going to I'm going to give you the chip on my shoulder. Another reason that women uh, will not live in truth or they go into being a pushover is they don't want to be responsible for somebody else's discomfort. They, They don't want the discomfort of watching them be uncomfortable. So this would come in the form of bailing a child out. How many mothers in the cloak of, well, I just want to love my child, will then harm the child by doing for the child what the child should and ought to be doing for themselves. How many mothers selfishly step in and bail their child out of outcomes that the child has created through their own distorted choices so that the mother becomes the hero? That is not humble. That is very selfish. How many moms go into wanting to be the martyr because she doesn't want to accept her own responsibilities and her own vulnerabilities? This happens often. Often. And so how how do you know? What are some of the fruits that you are doing this? Well, ask yourself, how do I feel most of the time? Am I feeling anxious? Do I feel resentment? This woman in her question, she said that she's she's bottling up her how she feels 
And she says that she is feeling unhappy deep down. She is going into resentment. She's going into anger and she's bottling it up. Anger, it expands, it expands, it expands. And she's she's controlling it. She's forcing it into this, into what she wants. And you can't do that. The reality is you can't control. It's control always catches up to you. It's going to burst one of these days. It's going to explode. You, you cannot control and then think it's going to stay controlled. It's like a, a gas that, I mean, you, you can only put so much gas in a container before it just explodes on you. So if you're feeling resentful, if you're feeling um, dissonance, if you're feeling distress, some people will call it guilt. That would be guilt being used in distortion. There's um, a place for guilt, but we'll get into that in another video. Um, you might feel heartache. You might feel martyrdom. All of those are fruits that you feel when you are controlling, when you're allowing yourself to be the doormat. And again, no one can force you to be a doormat. You're choosing to be a doormat. Why? Here's the crux of it. Because of your fear. What are you afraid of? If you were to stand up, now stand up in truth and say, actually, this is the date that I am going to have the Christmas party and, and I would love for you to come and I hope you bring the kids and I, I'm not available on these other days. And if you can't make it, then I wish you the very most Merry Christmas. Instead of trying to control it, what would that feel like? Well, that might terrify you. That might fill you full of fear. So what are you afraid of? Maybe you're afraid of confronting someone. Maybe you're afraid of saying, you know, when you came over last Friday and you said dot, 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 I gave it some thought and I actually feel some confusion around that and I would like to talk with you about that. If you were to confront someone like that, now there was no aggression there. There was no being cocky. I'm not being brazen. I'm, I'm going to bring up the truth and I'm going to bring up the facts. The fact is, um, you said this and here's what I heard. So I'm taking responsibility. I'm not throwing my emotions on you and saying, you made me feel bad. You made me feel like I'm not loved. I'm just saying, I felt like there was attack in that. Is that what you meant when you said this help me understand where you're coming from i'm willing to confront you that's honest that's full of integrity and you're risking you are risking that the other person is going to show their distortion now you didn't make them mad that distortion was in them the whole time you're just confronting the distortion which they're going to reveal it if there's distortion there just like if I was to confront my child and say, you know, I am not okay with bringing the dog into this family photo. We'll do something different where the dog can come. But with this family photo, we're in dresses and suits and, and this was not the picture I had in mind for him to be part of. And then risk my children becoming upset and surrendering that they're full of distortion and I can't control their distortion. It's just more feedback for me as the mother that, okay, they have a lot to work on. They have a lot to, um, to change, to repent of because they're showing up in such an aggressive way. But I was controlling and went into this martyr state, this victim mentality to cover up 
my children's distortion because I'm really more uncomfortable knowing that my children are distorted than I am with the dog being in the picture. And why? Because my fear is that if my children are distorted, then that means I'm a bad mom. So it's brushing up on my biggest fear. I, so, so to this woman, I would ask, what are you really afraid of? Because this is all fear. Nobody goes into control or being a doormat or being a victim or going into um, being a martyr without a lot of fear motivating them. So you can be afraid that you're a bad mom. Maybe you're afraid that um, if you don't show up in the way that they will accept you, then they won't ever love you. Maybe you're afraid that your children won't stick around. Maybe you're afraid that you're really not enough. Maybe you're afraid that you're inadequate. Maybe you feel like you don't have worth. Maybe you feel like the only way that you contribute to the family is by showing up in a certain way or by having certain outcomes. And if those outcomes aren't a reality for you, then that means you're not needed. All of those fears need to be addressed. And once they are and you get to the truth, you won't feel a need to control anymore. You'll be surrendered. And it's a really beautiful, lovely place to be. And it takes constant daily vigilance. I have been living in truth and practicing being in truth for many years. And I still will choose to be a victim like I did with the family pictures that just happened just a couple weeks ago. And so I need to look at myself and I need to assess where my fear was and why I went into that fear and with whom I went into that fear with. And then I need to heal that. That's my responsibility. That's on me. And, um, So you are only responsible for you, my dear. You are only responsible for your thoughts and your feelings and your choices. And everyone else is responsible for themselves and how they show up. That's the good news. Thank you so much for listening to the Connections podcast today. Share this podcast with your family and friends. And if you have not already subscribed, please subscribe to this podcast. You can find on-demand and live training at connectionsclassroom.com to help you create joy in your life and relationships. You can also find parenting support in our private Facebook group, Moms of Truth with Jody and Ruby. I'm your host, Ruby Frankie, and thanks for listening.